Hello? Honey. <laughs> honey, <clears throat> honey, wake up. You you won't believe the dream I just had. Mm. <laughs> but don't you want to hear about it? Bob, what is it? Well, I, I was an innkeeper in this crazy little town in Vermont. I'm happy for you. Good night. No, nothing, nothing made sense in this place. I mean, the 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 maid was an heiress. Her her husband talked in alliteration. The the handyman kept missing the the point of things. And then there were these. Three woodsmen, but <laughs> only one of them talked. That settles it. No more Japanese food before you go to bed. <laughs> and, I, and I was married to this, this beautiful blonde. Go back to sleep, bum. Good night, Ellen. What do you mean, beautiful blonde? <laughs> Go to sleep, Emily. Yeah. You know, you, uh... You really should wear more sweaters. With your host, Angry Dave. Not much of a house, just right for not much of a donkey. <laughs> that, that was... Speaking of which, I have Stacy's two poo books that she sent me one year for some reason. Um, I should bring down with me. Oh yeah, wait. I, I have my own set. She she said they're our childhood books, but for some reason she thought that it would be helpful if I hung on to them for a couple of years and then gave them back to her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was supposed to do. I mean, you know, I, I just bought a different set. Yeah. Well, 
She'll they read the yeah. same. Yeah, the, turn the, my phone off. They didn't change the words. No, yeah, they took all the fucks and <laughs> niggers out of it. Oops. You know that old uh, A. Milne racist anti-Semite. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see. Where should we start? Oh, I, I also. You were know. a poor black child. I was born a poor black child, but you're not anymore. No, I, uh, I I heard my first Liberace record, and I decided to become white. That'll do it. <laughs> so I had my cock shortened. Don't you think it's funny that that, that uh, nobody thought he was gay? They had, yes, they did. Well, people in the, like I think maybe in entertainment, but like if you were, lived in Missouri, you didn't think Liberace was gay. Oh no, just just a flamboyant. You just thought he was strange. He was from Hollywood or wherever he, yeah. you know. You just think, oh well, you know that's how those people are. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like when I was a kid, like we didn't know that um, the village people were gay. Oh, they are. <laughs> you look at them, you're like, wait a minute. The <laughs> this is guy? devastating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't remember thinking one thing or another about Liberace myself, and I was really just ripping off Steve Martin, a little Steve Martin bit. But I mean, except he didn't say Liberace, Manavani. Which, you know, I only know because of Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, no, that was, um, that's not really how I was born. So anyway, in the studio today, Angry Dave Trading Post, we have Todd Barton, my brother-in-law from Orlando, Florida, by way of Pittsburgh. By the way, did the Penguins just win? They did. Well, not just. Uh, they won game six. Four to... No, they won game... Yeah, game six. I thought I saw somebody re- raising the... Hoisting the trophy. They didn't win the whole thing? No, they did. But it oh. only took six games. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I wasn't following. Yeah. I just saw, like, oh, Pittsburgh won. I was like, yeah. Todd will be happy. Did the NBA Finals end last night? Oh, I don't know. No. Oh, no. Tonight's the game. That's probably worth watching. Yeah, but it's only game six. It's 3-2, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... LeBron has the look in his eye. You think? That's what your brother said when he was watching the game. He said, I could tell they weren't going to lose that game just by looking at LeBron's face in the, in the first half. Is Brad? Uh, yeah, Brad. Yeah. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I really don't care who wins. I, I don't either. I, I really don't like basketball that much. I like March Madness. I have a lot of fun with that. It's probably my favorite basketball, but I don't like it that much. The final final four is pretty entertaining. <clears throat> I like the whole tournament. I really do enjoy that whole because it, it, you know you're in a pool. It's uh, you got all these games. Like the first you know week, it's just insanity. You know, there's like four games going at once. You're watching like you know you go to a bar and you get like multiple t- TVs and you're looking. Oh, I need this guy to win and I need that one to. And and then through that though, you start getting to know a few of the players from the teams that continue to win and so it's kind of like oh that guy oh he's he's awesome yeah and then which the, i wouldn't give a shit otherwise the upsets at the beginning of the tournament are always always fun to watch get the i, I think i would probably enjoy this more if i wasn't betting <laughs> but the thing is if it's if it's a real big upset everybody else is losing too so you know they, that doesn't help me somehow I, i'm going like yeah but i but i wanted to win this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah well 
those those basketball pools are always unless you only have like ten people in it, but those those things are hundreds and hundreds of dollars when you win. I've I've won a uh, not a basketball, but a, but the big end of the year football mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like six hundred dollars. Yeah. Because somebody's got to win and everybody else has to lose. <laughs> and everybody's chipping in. That's right. <laughs> mm. All right. So, so um, yeah, what are we what are we blogging about? Well, I mean, normally I just shoot the shit about whatever. But you're a known storyteller with a few known stories that a lot of the people that listen to this or that are friends of mine have never heard. So they could be old stories to you and your family or friends. But they wouldn't be to me or my peeps. Probably not, yeah. So what would be, where would we start? We can cut some of it. We can always edit. Yeah. Um, well, I think the th- stories that stick with me that I never write down, you know, to your dismay, mm-hmm. are the ones that stick with me because they're, there's, there's not just a funny thing in it or, it's there there there's personal strength to it somehow they're the either the characters or the events well by the way did you hear what your daughter said this morning so i I said i'm yelling you know like come on todd get going let's go she's like what are you guys doing i said oh we're gonna go up and do a podcast uh blah 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 blah." and your wife says you know he's gonna tell um you know he wants todd to tell some of the stories whatever and she goes so you enjoy the long, drawn-out, slow stories. <laughs> so, well, sometimes, yes. Yeah, well, that's that's why you got to record it so you can <laughs> control the length, cut it out later. You know, Bob Newhart always says it's all about the silences. It's all about the time in between. Yeah. Even when he first doing his records, the engineers would be like, no, they kept wanting to take stuff out. He was like, no, no, it ne- that's how long it needs to be. Yeah. I can see that. But he also was the master of the, the facial expression in those moments of silence. Bob Newhart's face is a classic uh, hound dog face. But isn't it funny that you either had like the, there's two kinds of like, that era, you either had like Northeast Jew or Midwestern schlub. Mm-hmm. Midwestern Wasp. The 1970s primetime television. Yeah. Well, and also, it it tickles me to no end that Don Rickles and Bob Newhart were best friends. Or are best friends. They're still alive. Really? I mean, I know they're still alive. I didn't know they were best friends. They travel all... They vacation together with their wives. Everybody liked each other. So it was like, you know, that doesn't really always happen. Right, Right, right. And so they would go... You never seen Mr. Warmth? No. Oh my God. So there's a documentary. It was the original HBO, but I think you can find it on Netflix or whatever. And it's called Mr. Warmth. And it's it's the Don Rickles story. And it it, it it how he met his wife. And you know, they're still together and both alive. Uh-huh. He's still he's still performing. And um What you Don Rickles is still performing? Absolutely. Wow. It's crazy. He, he never got into television though, really. It, you mean as an actor? As an actor. Yeah. No, he was in Kelly's Heroes. He did like a couple of bit parts. Yeah. And uh But Bob Newhart made a career out of it. Oh yeah. The stammerer. He's not a stutter, he's a stammerer. Right. Yeah. 
It's not a physical thing. It's not a whatever the stutter is is a. Uh, it's like a. a isn't he, it? A, he calls it a stammer. Oh, so he's it's a. It's That's a what synonym he says. To him. I think it's a thing. Right, but I mean, stuttering and stammering are the same thing. No. He no, he would argue not. I see. Yeah, that, and and that's what I thought you were saying. And so I, I he's a stammerer. That he doesn't. He's not a stutterer. He, we were talking about this last night because a stutterer would be like caught in a word, like a, can't yeah. can't 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 get it out. He's a, but 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 but, but, but you know, like yeah, I, I can't do it. But it's, it's, trying to decide if he wants to say it or how he wants to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what he's famous for was the the fake phone call. Uh, he had all that timing. Stand up. Yeah. So yeah. he would do like. He, he's having you're only hearing one side of it oh right right but he's leaving the pauses and the whole he would just do his whole own thing he's yeah. having a two-sided conversation right but you're only hearing one side of it hello hello no no she won't be back for 15 or 20 minutes yeah 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 i know 40 45 well she said 20 or 25 now, Lois, 20 or 25, come on over then. We hang up. <laughs> That's pretty Midwestern. <laughs> we'll meet on the porch. How did I just hear somebody yesterday uh, talking about... Oh, I'm going to fuck that up. I forget. Okay, so the story that I was going to start with is... it's. I'm going to start with my favorite because it... It is uh, the it's. I think it's the best story. It's it's not made good by a good storyteller. Does it have a title? No, it's personal experience. So I'm in Philly with your sister and our family, or I think we only had one child at the time. At the time late 80s and I'm coming home from Philly my, by myself in the car because I have to I have to uh, do a baseball clinic I have to coach in a baseball clinic right after Christmas so I'm I'm, I'm coming down I-95 uh, and that's the day after Christmas which is my friend's birthday Todd Linscott's birthday is the day it's the 26th and he you know, has the the curse of having his birthday right next to Christmas, but the blessing of nobody ever forgetting his birthday. So I I, I stop at the rest stop after driving for a long time. I, I haven't stopped since Philly, and I'm in Georgia, North Georgia, right on I-95, and I've been at the rest stop napping for a while, and now the sun's come up and I'm getting ready to get on the road again, but I get the payphone and call Todd, wish him happy birthday, and also... Ask him if he's found his dogs. And the saddest thing is that Elmore, the great pit bull Elmore, named after the great blues artist, Elmore James, has been missing for four days now, as has has his other dog, Dupsha, the husky, who's named for the German word dumb shit, Dupsha. And he'd only had Dupsha for a couple of years, but he'd had Elmore for eight or nine years. And both of them were lost at the intersection of I-95 and 
County Road 17 or something like that in uh, Brunswick, the, the town right over the coast. What do you mean Up they over were the, lost? They were wandering. Why, why were they out? They were wandering around the gas station where Todd's truck was being repaired. And at this gas station, there's woods behind it. And this little intersection has a quick store on the other corner. And there were three three corners occupied by buildings. But In other words, he was there for some reason. He was there. Let him out, and they ran off. Right, which they were prone to do anyway. But they would always, you know, with the whistle, come sure. back. Right. Even if they were gone for, you know half hour, whatever, they'd, they'd never get far enough they couldn't hear the whistle. And they'd always come back. But they didn't come back, and, and he was expected for Christmas. This was a few days before, down in Florida. He was coming back from um, grad school in, uh, in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech. And he had to leave. So he put signs up, left his phone number, you know, with the gas station attendant and with the Humane Society, the nearest Humane Society, and off he went to Florida with, you know, heavy heart. So I called him, and he told me this, that he'd lost the dogs, and I, when I called him to wish him happy birthday, I asked him if he had any news about the dogs. <clears throat> and sure enough, the lady at the Humane Society had gotten a call from the Husky Rescue person in town. Now, I believe there are husky rescue places in about four places in the world. And one of them. I've never heard of a husky rescue. Well, it's one of these dog rescue people who specialize in a breed. I didn't know that existed either. It does. And most of them are golden retrievers rescues. There were a lot of those. But. A husky, a schnauzer, you know. Chihuahua rescue. Right. But there is, sure enough, a, a husky rescue in Brunswick, Georgia. And the lady who runs it has called the Humane Society because she thinks she has the dog that... Oh, he also put an ad in the paper. He called and put an ad in the paper the day. And she thinks she has the dog that was in the paper. But... This person doesn't have our area code. She was worried. So she called the Humane Society instead and let them call. So she called Todd, and she said, we're not sure, but I think we've found your dog. And all you got to do is come and identify him, her, Dupsha, and um, you can have her. Well, now Todd's in Orlando. But I'm in Georgia. So when he told me that, I said, well, tell me where the Humane Society is. I'll go get her, or the, the rescue lady. So he did. However, before I left, before I left the, uh, or hung up with him, I confirmed the exit where they were lost, and um, so that I could ask for Elmore before I had to go off to the Humane Society there, ask for Elmore there at the intersection. So that's 
what I did. I drove down. It was another hour and a half, two hours to get down to Brunswick from where I was and got off at, at County Road 17. <laughs> and there, sure enough, is the gas station. And there's a quick store over there, like he said, and I can even see the sign that he put in the door, taped up to the door. But I don't see anybody at this gas station. So I walk around the side, kind of, uh, and there's a, there's a guy sloshing rainwater out of old tires by tipping them over and rolling them. And I said, hey, good good afternoon, good morning. You uh, you work here? And he, he said, yeah, yeah. Can I help you? They're very friendly. Everyone that I ran into in Brunswick was a model of friendliness and they it's southern friendliness too so it really feels genuine sounds feels genuine and so i asked him if he'd seen my buddy's dogs around you know the one who put the signs up and you seen it you seen the dogs at all <clears throat> he said you mean that black dog with the white on his chest I said yeah yeah that's Elmore that's the pit bull right he said yeah I I think y'all to go ask Kevin Kevin's in the garage there working on that truck Ooh, oh okay great great I think I got a lead on Dupesha and now I got so I go in to see Kevin and he is working on a pickup truck with a hood up in in the shade and you know it's not really a garage because there's only two walls to it there's a wall to the gas station then there's a back wall because it needed somewhere to hang all the hoses and stuff <laughs> and so they put that up and there's the rest is just open but it's shade and kevin is leaning over the fender of this truck with his whole torso in under the hood in and, and he's he's working on something way down in there and i I said, are you Kevin? I said, yeah. But he didn't stop working. He was yelling at the transmission case or something down there. I said, well, uh, your buddy over here sent me to see you about the dog, the black dog. He said, oh, yeah, I got your dog. But he's still down in the truck. Down, he does, His feet aren't even touching the ground. And I said, you're kidding. Great. Well, where is he? He said, hang on. And after 30 or 40 seconds, he... <laughs> I was going to say, give me that wrencher. <laughs> oh, I probably you helped me pull this engine out, I gave you yeah. a dog. <laughs> I'm sure we could work something out. Mm -hmm. And he, after a little while, he got himself up and down out of the truck. And he said, yeah, he's at the trailer. I said, you're, you're sure this is the... You said, yeah, you're... Uh, you left him while you were fixing your truck, right? I said, well, that, that wasn't me. That was my buddy. But And I didn't leave him. I mean, he didn't leave them. <laughs> but uh, they just didn't come back. So he said, all right, well, go down to the, go down to the next exit. It's five and a half mile. Turn to the east, head to the ocean. And you'll be driving through a pine forest. But after a while, you're going to see a sign for a curve in the road right across from that sign. It's my street. You're going to turn left. The dirt road, but it's smooth. And go down to the end. 
turn right with the curve, and we're on the cul-de-sac. About 11, about 11 o'clock on the cul-de-sac. <laughs> so I figured that was a clock he was referring to. Yeah. And so I said, oh, that is, that's awesome. Uh, thank you, you know, profuse thanks, gratitude, and off I go five and a half miles down the toward the ocean toward the, toward the coast and down his dirt road cleared that perfect direction there's one sign on this road and it's a curved sign and there's a road right now, right across from it and the end comes and there's the cul-de-sac and there are four trailers there one of them's at 11 o'clock there are the two over here in the afternoon and there's one about seven and woods everywhere. So I go over to the 11 o'clock trailer, and, uh, well, I'm driving, driving the, oh, shit, I screwed up. I skipped the whole part. I picked up Dupsha in the meantime because it was between the gas station and the trailer. So I, I went there to the, not to the, uh, I went to the rescue place where the husky lady was. And Dupsha didn't really have to be, I didn't have to be vetted because Dupsha knew me and was just probably peeing on herself that someone she knew was there. She came to me immediately, and lots of love. And here's Dupsha, she smells like baby powder. She's got, this is the day after Christmas, right? That she's got a Santa Claus collar on brand new and with with the dog comes half a bag of dog food and some other uh, well you didn't have any dog food I didn't I didn't I'm just driving them down to Florida they'll eat tonight <laughs> you know <laughs> but so I, I now have put Dupsha in my back seat this is a Volkswagen Jetta in the late 80s and I remember the Jetta yeah, it was, man, first only brand new car I ever bought. And now I have a Husky in the back seat. And it was still a new car. Mm. And I didn't have a sheet or anything. But, mm -hmm. but from your parents' house up there in Philly, I had the back seat full of poinsettia plants. <laughs> that I was going to like you do. One to my parents and one to, you know. So... I made them all fit in the front seat on the floor and in the seat, and I gave Dupesha the entire back seat, rolled the windows down, and, uh, you know, get back on the road to the, uh, to where, to, to follow my directions to, uh, yeah. To Kevin. And so when I arrive at, at the end of the cul-de-sac, I have a dog in the back already, and I'm thinking this is just, this is too good because... Todd is certain he's not. He's never going to see his dogs again, and it's his birthday. And and this is pre cell phone, right? Right. No, this is all rest stop pay phone. Yeah. And uh, now, like so I got one dog, I'm picking up the other one. Exactly. Yeah. I have no. I mean, I could have. I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, that's no fun. No, I would have spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> so I. So I didn't. No communication whatsoever. No. And I picked up. Dupsha, go to the cul-de-sac where I'm hoping to find Elmore too, and go up to the door 
of the trailer, which is up a few wooden steps. And on the landing, there's the doors of them with screen doors closed. I knock on the door. And to the door comes this woman, large woman. She's, oh, she probably weighed 300. And she's still in her nightgown. And it's, it's about noon. But she's in her nightgown, and it's, well, it's a well-worn nightgown. And she, of course, doesn't sleep in any underclothes. And this nightgown is, is cover, is, you know, leaving nothing to the imagination. And so I kind of said, so you've seen the dog around here turning my head, you know, not really wanting to look right at her. Your husband at the station said that uh, you, you might have, have my dog, Elmore. She said, you mean that black dog? I said, yeah. She said, he's right under the porch here. He, I just fed him. I said, where, where is he? He said, well, he's under the porch. I go down the steps. I look underneath the wooden steps, and there is a an aluminum pan of the best leftovers you have ever seen. And they're not even fully eaten because apparently it was just a mounded eight pounds of leftovers, and Elmore had his fill and <laughs> <laughs> had sleeping it off more left over. I said, "Well, I see that I see that you fed him, but I don't see I don't see Elmore." And about that time, the kid out there at the four o'clock house, who's playing wiffle ball with his little brother, he says, yells over from forty yards away, "You looking for that black dog?" And I turned around and I said, "Yeah, yeah. Did you see him?" He said, he just ran down that path. Oh, so between in this pine, you know, dense pine forest, there's a a worn path that apparently goes somewhere. And I'm about to strike down, strike out down the path, except, wait, I don't want to leave Dupsha in the back seat of my car, even with the windows down, while I'm not there. So... I decided I'll, I'll take Dupsha with her Santa Claus collar and, and leash. They were all, both brand new. And I'll just do a slipknot around the trailer hitch of this pickup truck that has only two tires and grass growing up under it. So that's what I did. And the uh, once I got her tied up, I went, went head down that path. <laughs> Started whistling. Gone for not... 20, 20 seconds and here comes Elmore full sprint and literally almost tackled me jumped up on me and there's no doubt it's Elmore and there's no doubt it's Todd Barton and so I'm at the moment that moment is second in this story only to the the moment of actually delivering the dogs but to have Elmore. Who, now you've got two of them. I got both you dogs. Two dogs in Georgia. Yeah, but the problems aren't over because when I when I lead Elmore back back to the to put him in the in the car, Dupsha has recognized this pickup truck as a home somehow because Todd's car is a pickup truck and and that's what they were lost from and that's all they've ever ridden in. That's all they know right in the back of the truck and so. Now Dupsha, who is leashed to this trailer hitch, 
is has jumped up in the back of the pickup, which he was only able to do because the back two tires of the truck were missing, and is still kind of um, it's stretching the limits of the leash. Let's say that. So her head is kind of hanging over the the tailgate, but the all four legs, the rest of her, everything's in the back of the truck. And she's perfectly happy with that and doesn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> but when she saw Elmore, she realized, okay, you know, I mean, she, is, she was not as, as smart as Elmore. And so her best, her best solution to the whole thing was just to be in a truck. But then Elmore kind of put a dent in that and finally got her, got her out. There was no opening the, the, uh, the tailgate, totally rusted, shut, broken, whatever. But uh, ended up having to lift her out of there, and Dupsha is 100 pounds. Elmore is 50 pounds or so. But uh, so now here's Dupsha on the ground. I got the leash loose. I got Elmore by the collar, finger on the collar, and I lead him into the back seat. Thank you very much. See you later. Glad you got your dog. Waving out the window as we go down the dirt road back to the highway. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. This is this is too good. But we're not on the road for very long until I realize these dogs are really... The, the open window thing is... They're slobbering everywhere. They're not obviously getting any cooler. So that's when it struck me that, well, maybe dogs like air conditioning too. So I closed everything up, put on the air, air conditioner, full blast. They were sleeping five minutes. Oh my God, I got <laughs> slobber shit all over my backseat. I could have solved it. But, that, you know, that's, that's small. That was minimal. Get all the way down to Ocala, where Todd's mother lives, which is north of Orlando. It took me a little less time to get there than it would have to get all the way home. But his mother had remarried a rancher, uh, uh, an Ocala rancher who rented his land for pheasant hunting and duck hunting and other things. And so his driveway was probably a quarter mile long to get back to the house. And... Um, but not uh, hidden from the house at all. No trees covering it or anything. Just a uh, two-tire track driveway that goes all the way back there. And <clears throat> so when I pulled in the property, there's no you can see every car that comes in from the house because it's just wide open out there. And so I, I'm about halfway down the driveway, and I see Todd come out the front door. And just kind of put his hands on his hips. And it's his birthday. And so he figures I'll just keep driving on up to to uh, the house and stop and get out and wish him happy birthday and tell him what happened with my search. And it, I don't know what, what made me do it, but I, I had a moment of creative inspiration or something, and I decided it would be way better if I just stopped and opened the back door while I was still 150 yards away. So that's what I did. I just put her in park, got out to the back door, opened it up. These two dogs, it was like water through a dam. And 
100 miles an hour to Todd. And I realized, I'm watching the dogs run. I should be watching Todd. Look, you know. And so I, I watched the, it all happen there. And the sound that came out of him when he saw Dupsha and then he saw Elmore jump out, it it was far. I mean, I was a long way. I was from here across the street and more. And I heard him and I heard him say, oh, like a massive, loud relief groan sigh and and I just stuck my hand up and went happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> he was crying when I got when I got there yeah and uh, so so Elmore and Dupesha survived the survived the great Georgia the great pine Georgia, woods <laughs> the great Georgia pine woods and the great I'm sure they thought this can't be he would never abandon us why isn't he? Maybe he'll send that buddy his. <laughs> well, what was interesting was that he the dogs got separated at some point. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, okay, it's one thing that, you know, you get these two strange dogs. How did they get separated? Yeah. One of them ended up with the husky lady, and I never did find out how that happened. But uh, in The, the other last, one probably came back to the gas station, and then he, he just did. took him home. That's exactly what happened. In fact, I think... It's probably most likely that they both came back to the gas station, and one guy said, "This is a husky." You know that lady down on fourteen? <laughs> that could be. That could be. <laughs> yeah. So that. What's yeah. that woman's name? Suzanne. <laughs> yeah. No. You know the strange woman with the, the likes the huskies. Oh no, that's Cletus. No, 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 that's not Cletus. She she does the, the she does the uh, shit. I forget what they're called. Quilts. No pickles, pickles. Oh, that's right. She's a she's a canner. Uh, it's Janice. Janice does the does huskies. the huskies. Janice. Why are we so Why are we so fascinated by Southern accents? Because they're fun. They're fun. I tell you what. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast last night. By the way, that's a great story. But I was listening to this podcast last night, and this guy's talking about um, his name Pete Holmes, and he's from Boston. But doesn't have a Boston accent. Lives in L.A. Comedian, actor, uh, blah blah blah, whatever. And um, but he was talking about how like, and he's he's interviewing this actress woman who's a, a black woman, but she sounds really white. Like, but she's as she says, you know, she's bilingual. Like Chris Rock says, you know, like every black man is a you know, bilingual. Yeah. And um, but they're talking about how like. If you're with, like when he goes home to Boston, he starts picking up a Boston accent. He goes, I don't even have a Boston accent. But he starts talking, you start emulating the people you're talking to. Or like, you know, you you spend time with like an Irishman, all of a sudden you start talking like an Irishman. Or you know. But they were both commenting about how much fun it is to a gay black man. (laughs) Because they sound a lot like black women. And then... All of that actually sounds southern somehow. Yeah. There's this whole, there's a whole patois of black culture that is actually rooted in the south. Like, but there's, but there's another thing that happens. Like, okay, we're in New Jersey. We're sort of in South Jersey. But this is a very rednecky, you know, we we have the rural, we have the the Pinelands. There's only two major Pinelands in the world. One is in Siberia and one is in South Jersey. And, People that lived back in there, you know, this was kind of, um, what do you, you know, like West Virginia, what do you call that? Uh, 
Appalachia. Oh, yeah, right. And, and people would live back there that you never heard from, you know, and they were called pineys. Yeah. And but we had this whole thing where you had these people, and it's kind of like you know they're wearing camo and they're driving a pickup truck and listening to country music, and he's like, "You're from way north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> you are not from the South. Yeah, just from South New Jersey." Well, and, that but there's counts. this whole well, apparently. <laughs> well, the the um, Southern black is. I mean, we talk about rooted. There, there is, there is a. Wow, that, there's all kinds of metaphors that go along with that. The, the, just being in in the whole uh, from from two hundred years ago and the slave culture and the you know the uh, ag- agronomy or the uh, whatever the agrarian the agrarian society of the south of the south. Um, you know, was was. Obviously, one of the main issues of uh, you know the conflict of the Civil War. Well, well, the funny thing is, is that blacks that are from slaves in America, you know, from that, you know, not didn't come from Haiti last generation or something right, like that, right. um, are have been here for far longer than most Americans that are that came from, like, say, European stock or that emigrated here in the, you know, in the twentieth century. Let alone the 19th century. Right. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> way longer. Yeah, it's it's seven generations or nine generations or something. Something ridiculous, yeah. yeah. And and so... It, I just think it's funny that you can have somebody who's like from like North Philly and they have like a heavy, what we would consider a black accent. Mm-hmm. There's a southern aspect to that accent that is maintained, which is striking to me. Yeah, and it... And you don't it, hear like okay, a black guy from Boston doesn't sound like a white guy from Boston. But he it, doesn't sound like a southerner either. No, but it's it's its own thing, yeah. definitely. But it's kind of like okay, like you know, Philadelphia has a real strong accent, right? But if you go to North Philly and you're talking to a black guy, he doesn't sound like that, right? He's got his own thing. Yeah. Well, is this uh, regional ebonics, or is it just, or is it just, uh, you know? Regional dialect, or but it's more than dialect because it it cross it, it doesn't seem to cross the race line is what you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I know it's just, it's just fascinating. It is that the whole southern accent, um, but the southern I'm accent from, is is fun. Well, have, you've seen have you seen this guy on uh, YouTube who does Southern Mama? No. So I'll have to play some of this for you. So it's a white guy. He's got like long hair. He like wears like a, in a man bun. Yeah. And they're just selfie videos on like his iPhone. There's nothing fancy at all. Uh-huh. But he's emulating a Southern woman. And so it'll be like they're at a soccer game. He's like, you know, huh, you, Travis, g- get out from under there. <laughs> you know, it's like, go get us a hot dog. And it's like, $8. Oh, no, we'll, we'll eat at home. Fuck that. <laughs> And he just goes on and on and on, and it's just a monologue, and he's just emulating this southern. And so they're, but they're in themes. Like it'll be like you know, it's a birthday party, or it's a this or that, or it's a, right. or he's at you know, and it's you would die laughing at the one because it's every stereotype of like you know they got a cooler and you know they're there all day for the game and you know that whole thing. Yeah, and he's just yelling at the kids and the, and, and gossiping and it's like 
you know, yelling at the. <laughs> but they're all one-sided conversations. It's just him. It's just yeah. him talking. Right. So we came full circle to the Bob Newhart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now this guy does this for you know I don't know for you know he's a YouTube celebrity or yeah. whatever. And but the thing is, they don't, it's not like they get any better in terms of like production quality. He isn't like got somebody with a camera. It's all and like good audio. It's all subject matter. He's, he's it, it doesn't matter. It's it's all content. Yeah. It all still comes down to a performance and a good story. Right. Right. Because nobody really gives a shit. It's like, oh, look how fancy that. They don't care. It's funny. Yeah. Southern Mama, he calls himself, and this is like a skinny white kid. And you can make money doing that, can't you? Yeah, you start getting enough. Who's calling me? Hold on a second. We got to take Jane's call. You there? Hey, how are you? Good. You're on speakerphone. Okay. Um, when you come, will you underneath the sink, there's a couple of the kitchen sink. There's a couple of the scrubby, you know, sponges that you wash the dishes with. Yeah. Okay. Would you grab that and a couple uh, kitchen towels? We got to bring sponges and kitchen towels to the rental house? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. How's it going? Well, we're talking. Uh, we're Shh, don't tell her. You're what? He don't, says don't tell don't, her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her what? What we're doing. <laughs> she can't hear you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Okay. We'll see you soon. See you soon. All right. Bye. That was the first. Receiving a phone call on your... Well, on my phone, anyway. I mean, I can receive it through, like, Skype, and then I can stick it in here. That's how I'm going to get Don on here. I no. want to hear some childhood stories. Uh, for From from Donna? Yeah. Oh, man. And she... Oh, there's your southern drawl. Yeah. And she her memory. I mean, obviously... You can make things up that sound real, but that, that's not what she does. She remembers all this stuff. She'll, I mean, she, her whole family, her side of the family that it was, isn't a Gilkerson. Well, let's say who we're talking about. Donna. No, I, I oh, know that. Oh, <laughs> this is my aunt Donna, my, my uncle from, Paul's, Paul's wife from Huntington, West Virginia, which is also my hometown and my parents' hometown. And, a lot of my family's hometown. And Donna, my Uncle Paul died about eight years ago. And my Aunt Donna and my Uncle Paul were always my favorite pair of aunt and uncle because they, and, and I had a few. My mom was one of six children. So I have I have five sets of aunt and uncles and just on that side of the family. And and they were they were definitely my favorite and Aunt Donna is a is a gifted storyteller, and her memory, like I said, is way better than mine. But that part of the country also is has a long tradition of oral storytelling. Yeah, you know, passing things. <laughs> I mean, a lot of places, you know, but that specifically, uh, that area of the mountains and people telling, you know, oral history. Yeah, well, it's it's whether it's you know storytelling around the fire or plucking a ukulele and and singing a song. They're, they're, it's it's just the tradition of is 
of storytelling. I'm always teasing her about moonshining. Well, you know, you might think it's teasing, but she probably has some. some an, some oh, I guarantee action. she has some yeah. stories. No, but I mean, it was she was on Facebook or something, and it was something about I don't know if it was smelling smoke or a fire or who did. But, but I said, well, it's probably somebody. You know, that's 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 still up there in the hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just keeping keeping the fire going. Yeah. So I had another. So you told a story when we were camping last reunion. So this week for. Out you out people out there. Well, that was a hard B. Um, we're having our third McCarty family reunion since we began doing this. We did it in Avalon back in the nineties. Did I go to that? Yeah. Aren't you in that picture that's in by all the liquor? Avalon, where's that? Beach. The beach house that we had. Yeah, we did Fourth of July week. Okay. <laughs> You're there. I'll have to look at the picture. You have to look at the picture. Yeah. See who's there. Yeah. Um, you, all your kids were there, but they were all kids. I mean, Ricky was like you know, this tall. Yeah. Well, Olivia was born in 96, so she might not have been there, huh? She might not have been there. I forget. We'll have to look and see what it is. Anyway, so we had that one, and then, was it five years ago, six years ago that we did Tennessee? Five or years. North Carolina? Yeah. And then, uh, so now everybody's down in a big house in West Cape May, which is why Todd's up here. Todd lives in Orlando. And so we were in the, this Fontana Dam. There's this, it's part of a big, uh, state forest in the Great Smoky Mountains. I can't remember the name of the forest. Uh, Smoky Mountain? Great Forest? Nantahala. Nantahala National Forest. Okay. Anyway, killer place. And um, so we're sitting there around a campfire. Todd's telling stories like he does. And I think he was telling us about getting firewood. And my my other little brother was recording video. And he got about halfway through the story or partway through the story, right before the end. And his camera cut out. And then he posted it. So we got a part of a story. I was like, well, what happened? Well, this is going to be disappointing because... All right, well, then don't tell I that I told story. that story the day the thing happened about the firewood. Yeah. And I remember the guy, and I remember, you know... It wasn't even the story. It's usually just you telling us, like, well, <laughs> got to go up the hill. Yeah. And you won't have to worry about it this time because we paved the driveway. We paid this design. time. Yeah. Like you were there last year. Right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, where you don't remember I, where that story. The, no, I remember, the, I remember the event. You remember the event, but that's not the no same thing as telling the story. No idea where I left off the story yeah. or what the end of the story was. Right. We just came back with, with firewood. Firewood that he wanted to just give us. Or he wanted to charge us $7 or something. We've loaded up a U-Haul with it. And I said, no, you're taking 20 bucks. <laughs> Like it was bucks. some magnanimous thing I was doing, but yeah, he gave us yeah I remember enough firewood for the whole week. I know for all of us, it was and like half a cord. <laughs> no, and so yeah, but I the guy and his wife were just priceless characters, and their and their property and his firewood operation. I mean, the birch is over here. There's your pine. Get her started with the pine softwood, you know. 
and yeah, and all undercover and stacked I love, up. Like, like I, I told you before, so we were talking about Don again, and because of all the family back in West Virginia, and I've said, like, you know, you, you there's areas of the country still where you just can't just wander in and be welcomed. Right. Especially as a northerner. Fuck, you know, as a... Yeah. You know, I got a Yankee accent. <laughs> and... But yeah. but to, you got a southern beard. Yeah, well, I get away. With, I'll get away with them first glance. <laughs> I pull a couple teeth out, I'll be fine. Well, you never get that second chance to make a first. <laughs> but what I'd love to do is to be able to go and have like an introduction to a family. It's so like, well, this is family, right? You know, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so to build a come and be like, and I'm specifically looking for musicians, but to go and just say like. I don't know, uh, shoot them and, uh, you know, take pictures of them and possibly record some stuff. Even just taking like a simple, um, like I have, I have this little recorder. It's a good recorder. Uh It's actually high quality, but it's small, portable. Right. And just be able to take that and record like either some music or some oral history and like take pictures and just, you know, one of the things I found is that everybody has a story. And I don't care. Like they could be the dumbest most bo- and they still have they have at least one really good story. Like everybody's got a good story. That's why you invited me, wasn't it? <laughs> you you idiot. can get a get a story out of the dumbest. <laughs> I got to get something out of this guy. <laughs> Since he's here. Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, it all comes from my dad. The storytelling. I mean, I really? get I get it from my dad, and he he was. Even slower than I was, but but he—that's where that's where it comes from. It's just he he his imagination had had a had everything to do with a plot. I mean, when he would when he would be in a situation around the campfire or around the Thanksgiving table or whatever, it, it would there would be a beginning, middle, and end to everything uh, to every story. And he was good at it, and it would just organize itself that way in his mind. And that's definitely I feel a, a little bit of that organization. The yeah. oral thing, like, see, I can write that, mm-hmm. but I can't. Um, I don't. I don't have any problem speaking in public. I don't have any problem speaking in front of groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't organize a story in my head. This I don't do that. It's just not my gift. Well. I mean, that story I was telling about the dogs, I forgot. I, I got totally out of order in the middle because... Yeah, you fucked that all up. Yeah, I did. I'm going to have to start over. Okay, take two. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had this friend, Todd Linscott, <laughs> and he had these dogs. <laughs> did I say Brunswick, Georgia? Yes. Well, then I couldn't have left out too much. No, you didn't leave anything out. Yeah, that story. I wish I had. I wish we could. I mean, I did finish that story, just not on on recording from Fontana. Oh, I know he told the story. He just. Yeah. I just. But I had left. I had for some reason. Why did we have to leave earlier than everybody else? You mean for the for the for the week you had to leave? Yeah, I wasn't there for the story. Oh, you told that story. I wasn't there, but he was he was recording it, and so I'm watching it, <laughs> right. and then it just stopped. I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> I never did find yeah. out. It's not even important, that. but it's just like, you know, I was invested then. Right, right. Yeah, I guarantee you the end was anticlimactic as far as plot goes. But 
you know what I've noticed about this reunion is we almost have too many people in that we we I have not seen the group like sitting around the campfire. Well, also we didn't have a campfire. You know, like, there's something, something about that. Yeah, where you all sit around and one person can start, you know, can tell a story and everybody's paying attention. Like we've got five different subsets. <laughs> there's a lot of people and a lot of little kids. Yeah. But, and you know what another uh, byproduct of too many people is, is that when, when somebody makes an oven full of cookies, you, you only get one cookie. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you get, yeah. I mean, there's 30 of us. not even get to you. Aren't there, how many are, aren't there 30 of us here? It's something like that, at least. No, there's more than that. I think there's 20. Well, I mean 30 cookie eaters. <laughs> there's more than 30 cookie eaters. <laughs> is there? Wait, does, does, does Leah then eat cookies? I'm guessing. Harbor doesn't. She won't look at me. I know that. Oh, well, you're pretty scary. That's what I keep saying. It's just a beard. <laughs> oh, scary and hairy. Harry is scary. Now, my grandkids don't think so. That's because they're your grandkids. Oh. They're Isn't that the, the best, one. though? <laughs> oh. The grandkid thing? It's a whole, it's like another life. It's another. I mean, you only have one, right? Right, well, and, and one on the way. Right, right. But yeah. yeah, but you don't know that one yet. No. You don't even know if you like that one. Of course I do. <laughs> He's my grandson. Oh, is it, do we know it's a boy? Yes, we do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he... he oh, well, I don't... Actually, I might not like him. I'll love him. But he could be a jerk. Yeah. No, he couldn't. He his could parents, totally be a douche. His parents... <laughs> yeah. My, my grandson, the douchebag. <laughs> it could happen. You don't think so when they're kids. Like, oh, they're starting to grow out of this. <laughs> and then 10 years later, damn it. He's still a douche. Damn it. <laughs> None of my grandkids are so far, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, and the douche factor for a grandparent is, you know, the bar is way higher. You got to be a real douche for a grandparent to call a grandchild a douchebag. I mean, you, you, you know, like I said, it's a whole different life. It's not your child. It is someone better than your child. Oh, but way better. <laughs> it is someone more, more complete. And well, what I like healthy. about him is that I'm, you know, I don't really like. Oh, Zoe, shut up! Anybody else's children? Like, I'm not a, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I love kids. Uh, in fact, remember when I was a kid, and it'd be like in a cranky adult, and somebody would tell you, well, don't worry about, it. they just don't like kids. I'm thinking, how could you not like kids? They were a kid. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't compute to me. <laughs> like how an adult wouldn't like a kid. It's like not liking yourself. Yeah, it just didn't seem, it didn't make any sense to me. And now today, I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to kick them or anything, right? But you know, I could live without. If it was if they were locked out in the snow, you'd let them in. I'd let them in. I'd feed them. Give them a cookie. <laughs> and then send them straight to bed. <laughs> send them straight to bed. <laughs> but what I love about the the grandkid thing is they come over and, and they're here a lot. So, you know, everybody lives within 10 miles. You know, this one's two miles. This one's right. 10 miles. This one's, you know, we didn't have any kids yet, but I mean, he's only 15 miles. Right. And um, it might even be that long. But they're here. Like Jane probably sees the grandkids almost every day. Like because she's the de facto babysitter if it's like. Can you just watch Grayson for an hour? I got to go to the grocery store. I got to go get my hair done. I got to get my a pedicure. I got to right. go to a doctor's appointment with this one. 
you know, and so it's like sometimes she'll have this kid, sometimes she has two of them, sometimes she has one from this family and one from that family, mm-hmm. or two from this one and one from that. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So they're in our house. We have more toys in our house, I think, than they have at their own homes. <laughs> well, there was an impressive net full of toys in the bath bathtub down there. Oh, right? yeah. The bathtub is permanently kid friendly. The uh, I can hear you, Zoe. I can. Well, it's what I do to uh-huh. watch her back. Though she doesn't, not real fond of her. Oh, but oh, okay. I get away with it. You might be able to get away with it too. Sometimes she wants to bite, though. By the way, for those of you only listening to radio and not observing on television, this podcast. I, ha- I was not touching her butt. I didn't say her anus. <laughs> Just above her tail. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Let's go to a cat. different subject. Okay. <laughs> hey, what were we talking about? Oh, grandkids. Oh, but but here's the, the great thing about them is they, they go home. Yes. So they, I, I, can, I come home and they'll be like, oh, look at you guys here, you know, and and it's bup, 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 and you know have fun and then they want to like okay they want to jump up on you know sit on my lap and then we can do this and we can do that and then a parent comes and takes them away right sweet well look at you guys here look well I'll literally come in it's like I don't know that they're here yeah. you know ever and right. it's not like there's cars outside <laughs> right I mean right. sometimes they are they're with mom but oftentimes it just come in and it's kind of like well there's you know everybody's getting them out of the tub and there's Pax and there's yeah. Grayson you know right we get the older kids still. Quinn and Michael, yeah, end up going with mom. Yeah, that it's usually only an emergency when the really young ones. Well, we get them too, but I'll more often, you know, walk in and there's Paxton and Grayson or one of the yeah, two of them, right? With a wet head because yeah. they just came out of the tub. But this is this is your your father has has been a major influence in my understanding of the proper way to serve your children by wearing out their children until they can no longer keep their eyes open. So that's my, one of my goals is to be, to serve my kids that way. <laughs> nice. Give me this kid. Let me rile them up, get them all absolutely spent for you. Yeah. Well, but first you have to annoy the grandmother by, would you, Jake, David? <laughs> Stop! You're, you're gonna hurt. somebody's gonna get hurt. Oh, nobody's gonna get hurt. I'm <laughs> gonna <laughs> get your kid. Hey, you come back here, you. There was this black comedian, and I can't remember his name. And he had this one bit that he did where he he uh, he was talking about kids and kids crying. And this guy was like seven feet tall, just big man, mm-hmm. big black man. And he'd be like stomping around, like you know, like crying and the, the whole thing. But then he's talking about how, like, you know, white parents, you know, the difference between white parents and black parents, which is old, but this is like the 80s. I mean, this was a while back. But his uh, his impression of the white parent at the mall talking to their child, I use to this day, which is Jennifer, 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 get, o- get, get over here right. You are going to be in so much. Jennifer? <laughs> you even made me joke. Oh, God. yeah. Start, see, here we are back at Bob Newhart again. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the way these things go. <laughs> I think Bob Newhart might be kind of in the middle of almost any story. But 
<clears throat> you can't talk about Bob Newhart without talking about drinking, Bob. Drinking, Bob. What's drinking, Bob? It's a drinking game. Oh, where every time you have to drink every time they say Bob. Every time somebody says Bob, hey, bottom up. By the way, <clears throat> the greatest ending of a show ever. So you know how like off time saying like it'll be the last episode of Cheers. You're like, eh, last episode of Suck. Felt you're like, eh. Right. Uh, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's the last one. It's like you can't just make, oh, we'll write better jokes. You know, it's it's really hard. Yeah. So the Bob Newhart what was this what was the the Newhart show? Was the one in Vermont where he has the yeah. B and B? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember as his my is I'm hello, I'm Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. <laughs> No, then this is my brother, Daryl. Oh, and my other brother, Daryl. That's right. I forget what his name was. And they didn't talk. I think his name was Daryl. Tom pa- Paxton? Oh, yeah. Poston. Po- Tom Poston. Poston. And and his wife was not a... Uh, it was blonde. Yeah. What was this in in the new in in uh, the, the first Bob, one? Yeah, what was what was her name? Uh, the, her actual name the or dark, the character's the actual name? Actual name, the dark, dark-haired, not Annette Funicello. Um, can't remember. She was. I liked her better than the newer one. Okay, so Bob Newhart's actual wife came up with the storyline for the final episode. So the final episode, they're wrapping up all the stuff. With the, it, you know, he's selling the B and B or the hotel, or whatever the hell it was, and they're moving, or they're saying goodbye, so they're wrapping up all the storylines. Typical, like, kind of what you'd expect for the show. And you're like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Go to the last scene. It's dark. And all of a sudden, the light gets turned on, and it's Bob Newhart and his first wife, <laughs> and they're in the old set, Oh, and he says... Oh my god, I just had this horrible nightmare. <laughs> I was I was an innkeeper in Vermont and there were these weirdo brothers and I was married to this thing. And he does and she's just kinda like, Oh shut up, go back to bed and turns the light out. Okay. I've seen it. I now realize yeah. that I that I have seen that. But the greatest Suzanne Pochette. Thank you. But the greatest ending of a show ever to take it all the way back to an earlier because he basically had the Bob Newhart show and then he had the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> just, who, who does that? Yeah, no. Well, nobody's ever going to get away with that again. Jerry Seinfeld's just not going to have another you know Jerry Seinfeld show. Except the second show was just just called Newhart, right? I think it was. Yeah. The first one was the Bob Newhart <laughs> show, right. and then the second one was Newhart. Mm-hmm. But still, and it was, you know, he played the same character. He just had a different job. Right, right. Because he plays Bob Newhart. Exactly. And uh, As himself. Yeah. But to end it is with it, that. Is she likely to puncture this? Move her hand. Stop that. <laughs> her hand. You know, I'm, a, I'm a visitor. <laughs> well, she is so chill. Oh, yeah. She's old. All she wants to do is sit on your lap. That's her goal in life. Goal like, achieved. Yeah, well, but she doesn't have any other. Let's. She. Yeah. She. Today is done. Yeah. She's already killed the She's mouse. She's maxed out. <laughs> yeah. This is top speed. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you had a dog. Oh, yeah. Seamus. Oh, I remember Seamus as being a phenomenal. He dog. was a great dog. He was, in fact, to the point where I don't think Jane will ever want. She, she never had a dog. She didn't grow up with dogs. We got one dog. 
She's a one dog person, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, he was a shepherd chow mix, and he had a always had a smile. He looked like he was smiling all the time, and he was. Jan always says he was so good because he was homeschooled. <laughs> and I mean, when he was a puppy, we literally took him everywhere. Like I remember walking around like Sears, no no collar, no leash, just wandering around with us. And we took him to like high school football games, like lots of noise, lots of people. Um, and he was just a, a good dog. Extremely well adjusted. He was just, yeah, he was just a chill dog. And he looked like a puppy until his like the last year of life. He would still run around. People would go like, oh, how old's the dog? And be like, oh, he's like 15. He looked like he was two. Yeah. Yeah, everybody thinks. He was a good mutt. Everybody thinks Bo is, uh, you know, a, just coming out of puppyhood or something. Yeah, like and four. His voice, the way he wiggles and is happy and wants to see everyone. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, how old is he? Nine. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a little older on the retriever end. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He's sixty-three. My dog's older than I am. Yeah, <clears throat> but I would have, I would have liked to have had another dog. I, you could, you know. It, so this cat loves me, oddly. Um, but I, I, I don't care if we ever have another cat. Yeah, Jane would rather have another cat, not have another dog. I'd rather have another dog. Yeah, well. I don't think the competition between cats and dogs is even close. Well, they're as completely as, different. As far as pets, yeah, completely different. And I think I Jane likes the preference. idea that it's that it's not as needy. Like you just don't. Right. There's not that much you have to do for them. Right. It's kind of like, hey, change the litter box and put some food and water in the bowl. Mm-hmm. They um, and and they really will let you know when they need something like that. The cat or the dog? The cat. I mean, they yeah. They they strike me as I'm not leaving you alone until you get this shit out of my box, you know. I don't mind all that. Well, a dog is much more let you know what they need. Well, yeah, they're just bark, bark. scratch. Bark. Yeah, I taught my dog to whisper. Did I tell you that? No. <clears throat> when he was a puppy, eight years ago, nine years ago, um, all of our kids had to get up, or the ones that were. School. Still at home. Uh, Whitney was gone, but they were all the rest of them were in school and had to get up early. But not as early as Bo needed to get up. And so he'd wake me up by coming to the side of the bed, and I'd have to <clears throat> go, let, go let him out. But he didn't right away. He didn't come to the side of the bed to wake me up. He'd just go to the back door and bark. So I, I'd wake people up, you know. They, they got another hour to sleep. I know what it's like, you know. So... I tried to teach him to whisper instead of bark. And the way I did it was by emulating the sound a snook makes when it feeds on the surface on a little piece of bait fish or shrimp or something. Because they just suck in this massive gulp of air and water, and whatever's in that air and water goes in their mouth. But it is an inhale as opposed to an exhale sound. And so I started saying to Bo... Whisper, snook. Whisper, snook. And then I would make the sound. <coughs> no, it's an in, an in sound. And he ended up learning to do it. I got, I have, I'll show it to you on my phone. He, I have a recording of Bo whispering. Snook whispering. Snook whispering. He's a snook whisperer. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the kind of dog. He, he, he will learn, he'll, you know, wants to please. Every moment, 
Seamus had a world-class bladder. And what I mean by that is, like, when he was young, like, we'd get caught somewhere. I'm like, oh, my God, Seamus has been home for, like, eight hours. And you'd, yeah. feel, and you'd think... We, just, we didn't even care if, they, if he had, you know, had an accident. Or we were thinking, just, I hope he peed somewhere. I mean, yeah, Jesus, right, you know, right, like, right. you know, you feel, you just felt bad. Miserable dog. Yeah. Nope. He was just holding it, waiting. Just holding it. Yeah. <laughs> and like in the morning, like uh, until he got really old, literally, I mean, in t- last year of his life, all of a sudden, I think he was, I don't think he was seeing very well. I think he was pretty deaf. And then. And then finally, his like back, you know, his hips were given it. Like he was going down the stairs. Like the day before, we had to put him down. He went downstairs and just face planted. He just couldn't make it down the, the concrete steps in the back oh. just to go outside. And I was like, yeah. okay, he's and he was having trouble getting up and down and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But literally the year before, he was same thing as he'd always been as a puppy. Mm-hmm. And he would um, so like you'd get up in the morning. Like I'd get up, shower, blah blah, leave. If long if Jane was still in bed, he wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. He'd just wait till the last person got up, and they're like, all right, I'll get up. And then he'd go outside and pee and do whatever his thing is. That's the, why I live so long. Well, the other thing is is that, all right, you know what our backyard looks like? Now, there used to be a whole section. There was ivy and everything. He would go and shit in there. or And there was something about his, like, you know, like some dogs. I mean, they have shit that's going to stay there forever. <laughs> like, you know, he just, it'll be white. And, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then his, what, something about his metabolism, makeup, the food we gave. I don't know what the fuck it was, but we never cleaned shit out of the yard. And we had kids running around, everybody, you know, running around. You weren't like walking in shit. He somehow he pooped in the ivy. He he got, he went out of the way. Yeah. And it would just disintegrate. It would just kind of, I don't know, just go away. Yeah. That's, that's a, like a magic dog. That's a magic dog. <laughs> I'm telling that, you. Bo, Bo does not have that gift. <laughs> well, and most dogs don't. Like, we get another dog and be like, oh, shit everywhere, and they're fucking peeing, and, you know, like burning the grass. And Yeah, yeah. So I might not be able to ever. Well, is it, especially since we started feeding both the really good food. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. Never do that. Those those shits turn, they petrify. You, you got you buy, you to buy the cheapest dog food, I swear. Don't your lawnmower, those shits. After a couple of weeks of them sitting in the yard, then you go, if you mow over it. You thought you think you hit a stick or a branch or something. They're just solid pieces of petrified. It's like wood. And you barely have a yard. Are you kidding me? Well, I barely have a backyard. Uh, I'm thinking of the backyard. I wouldn't. Does yeah. he go out front? Oh, yeah. Oh, he can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we have like a nine front yards. Seamus would never left it. He wouldn't. Like, we had, when we first moved in here, we didn't even have the fence. I put the fence up largely because of him. And But it was low. Mm-hmm. It was smaller than what we have here. Mm-hmm. And he could just go over it anytime he wanted. And there were a couple of times that he did. Mm-hmm. And there were times that I was worried, like I'd take him like for walks. And if he saw a squirrel, he would not listen to me. Everybody's that was always the thing I was worried. Cause like, I thought if I can't stop him, he'll run in front of a truck. Your voice is not as strong as whatever that other voice is. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that squirrel, <laughs> the voice in his head. That's right. Um, but you know, we live on a horrible road. Yeah, for I mean we've lost cats, mm-hmm. um, but we've all the animals that we lost didn't grow up here, if you will. Like they just didn't, you know. Like right. so, like Zoe, Zoe will not leave the yard at all. She's a cat. Now Oliver, who we had, we had our second cat, who was the one that Jane really loved. Um, the one that got killed out here. No, that was another. That was Kaniki. That was oh. an earlier cat. Kaniki and and Tucker both got killed on the highway in front. 
Oliver just, like a man, one day wandered off. Wandered off. Yeah. That's what our cat did. When I, when, when, he, and, and, and he wasn't sick or anything to my, like, he was a kind of a, he was a badass. He'd go out and get in fights. You know, he'd come home. Oh, yeah. Know, or, or he'd not come home for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And uh, not Zoe. Zoe's like, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know whose hand feeds me. But, yeah, we had a big male cat when I was growing up who mm-hmm. would come home with, like, a, yeah. you know, a sliced nostril. Or yeah, a, yeah. Missing a canine. Getting t- fat with a, getting a fight with a raccoon or something. Yeah. And, uh, Possum. And he, he, he was named Oliver, believe it or not. Actually, mm-hmm. it, that wasn't his original name because when we got him from who we got him from, the cat's name was Taffy. And this is a big, fat, orange and white male cat, tomcat, that's just not Taffy. So, well, they don't know their names anyway. You, no, I've had a cat twenty years. I couldn't tell like, Mike. I couldn't tell if you said cats. Anymore. Hey, Zoe, come here. <laughs> it isn't no, no, they don't. But but I know what I started. It's to only tell you for about. other people. It's for the family. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. We, we were talking about. I started to tell you the other night. We were talking about um, that comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah. And so uh, he's got Will Ferrell on, <laughs> and I'll have to play the clip. But it's because it's so funny to watch him do it. So you know, uh, famously, Will Ferrell, his audition for Saturday Night Live was pretending he was a cat playing with cat toys. Just but no, he just, you know, he's played with ball no, and then no you know, dialogue. No, no, no words. No. Yeah. And uh, it came from a thing he had come up with at the groundlings or whatever where like there people are having a dinner party and then all of a sudden he's like playing with it's like, what is he do? Oh he just does that. Don't mind him. <laughs> and then she'd have like the feather on the stick and he's <laughs> anyway, so Jerry Seinfeld says that he'd gotten his wife one year for like her birthday or Christmas or something, a, a kitten. And it's something that had come up. And he says, I just once in my life, I want to be able to give somebody a box with like a animal, you know, like a cute little cute animal. Little, and, yeah. and he said, you know, did she love it? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was, yeah, it was everything you expected it to be. <laughs> and his name is Javier. He calls him Javi. But he plays with the phone. And so he's sitting there, you know, and he's. <laughs> and, and he'll go. And it's it's annoying. <laughs> so he's trying to call some other cat, you know. But he's like, but he'll be talking to me. He's like, Javi. Don't do that. It's 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 annoying. And Will Ferrell is like he's like, and does he look at you? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, he, and he goes, I bet it's just like this. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to see him do it though, because it's just so funny. Because cats don't give a shit what you're saying. Exactly. Like a dog would be like, oh, I feel bad. Like you know, you know, their eyebrows get like you know, they, oh my god, they you know they they have all these other emotions. A cat's just like. Yeah. The, well, the, the great Elmore dog, the great Elmore, the great Elmore, him, but, you know, but he Elmore he, is passed. I assume. Can, oh, yeah. Well, he there's another Elmore story. Elmore went out in a blaze of glory. <clears throat> well, that, tell us. Uh, well, he was home with Todd for a Fourth of July, middle of summer thing. And he was staying at his dad's house this time, which is also in Orlando. And he escaped from his dad's house on uh, during a Fourth of July backyard party. Uh, he he wandered out while someone was going to their car, and he just wandered down, and then pretty soon it, he, he was nowhere to be found. None of the signs got any answers for a couple of days. Did he send you back out? And then <laughs> he said, go talk to Kevin. You still got that Jetta? <laughs> um, no, then um, <clears throat> he his father gets a, a call from... This trucker who claims to have Elmore. And um, 
He said, yeah, I'm a, I, I, this dog is on the side of the highway, and I, I'm a dog lover, and I picked him up because I was just afraid for him. And but I, you know, I'm on the road, and I'm, I'm I work for this transport company. We fly down to Florida, and we drive down to Florida. Send me four hundred and fifty bucks, and I'll, I'll get him back down there. Never heard a word. Stay wired the money. No. And that was the end of Elmore. But you probably never even had Elmore. Right. Read about it in the paper. Called the number. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a it's a bummer because it was the end of Elmore, and you had to spend four hundred and fifty bucks. Well, right. Well, and for actually, it probably wasn't the end of Elmore. You never know. I mean, the, that guy never had Elmore. There's a there's another comedian. I listen to a lot of comedians, and he's just kind of like he's talking about like you know like having a dog and be like, oh, it's like a guard dog or whatever. And he's kind of like, yeah, my dog would be like, oh, you have bacon? Okay, I guess I'm living with you now. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm your dog now. Yeah. Elmore was just probably like, oh, okay. So is this? Oh, new car, new house, new yeah. guy. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. So before the whole. Uh, Brunswick, Georgia event when Todd lived here before while he was in college before grad school. Listen, he had Elmore, and he had him at the um, in the house where he lived in College Park, right there near where I teach school and where right near downtown. And Todd and his buddy Alan Cooper lived in this duplex, and they had Elmore there, where where he would do the same thing like you told you said the cat would do. All of a sudden, he's around your neck, and you didn't even realize he was had crept up there. Elmore did the same thing, but he's a 55-pound dog, and he would do it on the sofa while you're watching TV. At first, he'd just come and sit at your feet and kind of lean against your leg. Well, then before you know it, he's kind of like turned sideways, and he's got one paw on your leg. And then 10 minutes later, you look down, and he's lying on your lap. You didn't even know he was sneaking that in. happen. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I so. like a good leaning dog. It's a it's a special thing. Mm-hmm. Usually short haired dogs, a lot of like labs and you know like the mm-hmm. kind of like the step on your foot. Yeah, and or, or give you the big lean. Bob but, Bob always has chocolate labs. He's had or black labs. He always had labs. And Bob. boob boob nice. And like oh, there was Jake and there was Bear. And now I think he's got Scout and mm-hmm. so. But you know, like uh, as much as I loved. Uh, Seamus, he he wasn't a he was a long haired dog, and I don't know it has something to do with them being like, you know, they're not looking for the body heat, so yeah. they're not leaners. Yeah, right. And he's more like get off get off me. Right. Yeah. Bo Bo, well, he doesn't lean against me. He leans against things, like the hallway wall. He'll walk down the hallway leaning against the wall. It's a dirty streak right down the, about that high above the ground. <laughs> he leans on the side of my bed in the morning as he's trying to wake me up now. This is what he does now. And uh, he doesn't put his head on me or anything like that. He leans on the bed and wags his tail, which then does this on the side of the bed, you know. Oh, okay, time to get up. <laughs> but uh, I forgot where what, we were talking about something else before that, but it was uh, a bunch of things. No, it had to do with the Elmore. Oh, the the other Elmore story, when he first got lost, the very first time he got lost, there was no Dupesha yet. 
They were li- he was living with. So he wasn't really good about that part of it. What? He wasn't really good about that part of it. About that part of dog ownership. Staying found. Oh, no, Elmore himself. Elmore. <laughs> no, not yeah. Todd. Yeah. And, no, maybe and, maybe it was Todd. Actually, if the dog runs off, it's kind of the dog's fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And especially if, well, I mean, think about it. What did Elmore run to in Brunswick, Georgia? A giant pan of ham leftovers and cream corn and whatever else. He's probably going like, why did you take me away from all that? <laughs> I had it's a like, porch to sleep under and a, and yeah, a smorgasbord. I mean, I was happy to see you and everything, but I thought you were just visiting. <laughs> <laughs> I already made my break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they keep bringing me back. <laughs> Kept, kept trying to get away. You know what? We should. We don't have to get, get, get Todd on the phone. <laughs> he's, he should have known because the first escape. Now I'm calling it an escape. Escape. <laughs> um, he was rescued. He's Steve by, McQueen going over the barbed wire. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, his first time being lost and found, he was found by um, some, uh, a resident of the Orlando Country Club. A gated community. And this woman had seen uh, the sign for him at Publix at the supermarket or whatever and um, and had called Todd. And so she said, make Stug sure. Todd was a little rogue. <laughs> now that you're. <laughs> she says, make sure you bring a picture so I can, I, you know, see that this is your dog, you know, identify him. You know, Who's okay. picking up random other people's dogs? Well, apparently, you know, this is a gated community, and there's a, a dog with a collar and a... Oh. A, yeah, but why would you go get somebody else's dog? Why would... Oh, oh, I don't know. Where are people like... Where are people... You know, it's not a kid. Yeah, right. No, it's... <laughs> Make sure this is your kid. I don't know. Anyway, she wanted people to be... People are funny. She wanted to be sure. <laughs> I think they're all full of shit. Well, here's Elmore now. He Todd, So Todd goes to this... You know, he's got to have the code to get in the neighborhood. <laughs> Elmore is like Elmore, looking at him like, who are you? Elmore has planted himself in the lap of luxury. Yeah. And so he gets in through the, the gate with the, with the code. He pulls up to the big, huge circle drive in front of the house, climbs the seven-step big stone stairs up to the front porch and knocks on the 18-foot-tall door. And a little girl comes to the, to the door, and then her mother very quickly right after... And he says, hi, I'm Todd Linscott, and you called me about my dog. And she said, oh, yes, please come in. All right. So she's starting to open the door a little wider. Todd gets a better view of what's inside. And up the winding staircase from the foyer, on the, on the balcony up there indoors is Elmore, who then sees Todd. And sprints down the stairs, jumps straight up into his arms, and lady says, nah, I don't need the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's got a new collar. He's had shots. He's been to the vet. He's had, here's the receipt. <laughs> Did he pay it? No, she didn't want him to pay it. She just. That's so funny. Uh, Are you familiar with, like, um, there's all these, like, uh, there's Story Court. No, Story Court is the NPR thing. Um, what are they called? Um there are these events where people go and tell stories. I don't know I, live, so it's just it's kind of like a, kind of a theatery thing. But people do it, and it's supposed to be not written down. They're supposed to be you know kind of X lengths, whatever right. you know. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I could see you doing one of those, but I was thinking with a little editing of this, 
that you start with the first escape. Yeah. And then go to the second escape and third escape, but telling all those stories, but somehow wrapping it with the idea that what we've determined is that all this time, Elmore was trying to get away, and he had tried numerous <laughs> exactly. things. He had tried rich people. He had tried poor people. <laughs> he, he tried to jump out in Georgia, and you still grabbed him. <laughs> yeah. He's like a Jew in Nazi Germany. They just can't. Yeah. All, all he wanted was to pretend he was at the 4th of July party for a little while, <laughs> and then wait for someone to need to leave, and he was home free. Yeah. He, he's almost away until... He, he finally actually, made it. Yes, and now... We don't know what happened to him. He's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> Elmore. Elmore. Uh, Elmore Linscott. Yeah. Elmore the Great Elmore. The Great Elmore. Yeah, not Elmore the Great. The Great One. <laughs> yeah. Totally the most docile pit bull you can ever imagine. No, there's tons of them. They just get I a bad know. rep, I know. They do. It's, it's owner-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah. They're just the problem is is that they're because they are really powerful. That if they if they're bad, they can be re- they're really bad. If you yeah. have an abused Chihuahua, you can take it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, a, a big pit bull that's been abused could bend you it's, over the sink. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. It'll it'll kill you. The Chihuahua will make you bleed. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You kick them. Yeah. If you, that's that's one of the tests that you should. That you should use when when getting a pet, is it going to be possible for this pet's entire life for me to pick it up and throw it? <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are in an hour and a half. We'll call it a day, which is another good reason for teaching nursery school instead of seniors in high school. What's that? You can physically control them. You can grab the top of their head and move them in another direction. Toddlers. Nursery school, first grade, second. Yeah, I can't believe you did your whole career with high school people. Ugh, awful people. Yeah. You yeah. must like some no, of that. There are, there are, there are some. It, it, it can be an awful, awful age. Actually, it's better in junior high. I'd rather have high oh, school oh, than junior high. Junior high is, is like. Is it like ER? It's, it's, is it like, it's the four. It's God's is it like the way. ER nurses, like where they can only, they have to rotate out after like five years. You can't stay there. I, I would think not. It's God way, God's way of foreshadowing hell to us. And um, you better watch it. You middle school is not a whole lot better, by the way. Than hell? Than junior high people. Oh, that's the same thing, isn't it? Well, I'm just saying, like, elementary school, that can be cute. You know, like, first, second, third graders, whatever. But then once you get to, like, so then, like, six, seven, eight, Yeah, that's what we nine, call middle whatever. school. It used to be middle school. I What's mean, junior ju- high junior is high, nine? Junior high was uh, seven, eight, nine. And then high school was 10, 11, 12. Uh, we only had, we had eight, nine, and then... 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So in Florida, it was always, uh, you go to those elementary through sixth grade, and then it was seventh, eighth, and ninth okay, grade. Okay, so junior high, high, yeah, those people are just horrible. Well, middle school, junior high, they're all, that age from 11 to 15, they're just, 14. They're brutal on each other. Well, they are. It, it's, it's, uh, it, Although, it, is, it is brutal. You, but Chris Rock will tell you, it's like, you know, everybody's like, wants to stop bullying. He's like, you can't get rid of bullying. Who's going to cure AIDS? Because <laughs> oh, that's bad. Because the guy that you know, like the kid who gets bullied, that's the guy who's gonna like get it together and like cure AIDS. Oh, oh, that's not what I thought you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, it's, it's like <laughs> that you need some. He goes, some kids need to be bullied. Yeah. He's talking about his daughter, his oldest daughter, and she plays basketball. And, you know, they're watching the game or whatever. And his wife's upset because she's not in the game. He's like, well, you know, he's saying because she's not good. He goes, you know, there are ways to get into the game. <laughs> but it, you, you got to be better. Yeah, or, Everybody doesn't get to win. Everybody doesn't get to play. That's what we were talking about yesterday that's right. or the day before or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. The participants. To every Little League or a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, also. Like, well, did we win? <laughs> well, honey, that is not what matters. Like, Absolutely, it's what matters. Honey, did you did you try your hardest? When, when you had to run to first, did you walk? No, you ran. Didn't you? That's right. Not very well. And and when they put you out, you ran back to the dugout, didn't you? Oh, well, no, but at least you didn't throw your help. Oh, wait, yes, you did. But still, you were a very strong participant in this game today. Great. I want you. I want to hire you. I'm in. You'll make a great employee. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. The, the kids who are growing up this way, they, well, this is this is entitlement. Yeah, and yeah. and and it spreads beyond just okay. You were here, good for you. Self esteem. Here's your trophy. It's becoming. It, it's they expect that then. Oh no, and then they expect it for not not participating. Here's how you. Here's here's what I've figured out though on how you solve it, or at least how you combat it, like. Okay, we were talking about people being afraid of, you know, like, uh, like people that work for me are afraid of me or whatever. Right. Or actually everybody that works with me. <laughs> and because I don't take a lot of, I don't, I don't walk around patting everybody on the back. Um, I expect you to do your job. I expect my, I'll do my job. Mm-hmm. I have high standards for myself. I have high standards for other people. And, you know, the, so I think they come in wanting the pat on the back. But after a little while... They're just glad if I'm not paying any attention to them. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my, my. In which case, all of a sudden you've kind of you've you've grown up, and now you're doing your job. And at the end of the two weeks, you get a paycheck. There Th- you go. That's the whole. That's the bargain. Pat yourself on the back. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> go find a friend. Right. Get a hobby. Right. I. I hope I'm not here to suck your dick. I got the checkbook, dude. <laughs> Well, no, it's looking. Like, I, I, we have to do these, you know, reviews and stuff, which I hate because they're stupid. And I remember I told this guy, and he was a, only a few years younger than me. It wasn't that like maybe five years younger than me? And you know, he wanted this review, and he wanted. And I think in his mind, what the review was is like, tell me all the great things that I did. Right. And to me, a review is like, well, see all the great things you did. That's why you got paid. Only thing I'm going to potentially tell you is the shit that I don't like what you're doing, which and is- it's not going to be as fun for you. <laughs> Except that's a critique, right. not, not a review. Well, they're all the same. No. To me. In other words, I'm going to give you both. This is what I think you did good. Here's what I oh. think you need to improve on. And that's your review. That's your your state of the union. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I got it. But I, I just thought it was kind of stupid to do. Like I was going to like, you know what? And the thing is, if you do a good job, I will tell you, that was good. Mm-hmm. And it's going to mean more because I'm not going to say it every day. Right. Like, that was really good. I thought that was a really good job. Mm-hmm. Good one. And if you're, if I don't want you to do something, stop doing that. 
Right. And if it gets beyond stop doing that, I'm not waiting for the review. I'm just going to fire you. Yeah, right. Well, you, this is the simple. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Yeah, but you, you can't use that philosophy if, if you're not paying the, the, the people, the student, for students, for instance. Oh, no, no. I'm just talking about work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I don't know how, you know, motivating people. So I, when I was younger, I thought about like, I had all these ideas about being a good boss and motivating people and, and even something like where I thought like, oh, I might be a good teacher. And, and now I'm doing none of that stuff. I, my, my interest is not in motivation. Like I'm not trying to figure, I'm not spending my hours trying to figure out how to motivate you to be more creative. Mm-hmm. That's the job. Right. You don't you're like the suppo- job. You're I'll, supposed to come with those skills. Yeah. I'll, I'll hire somebody else. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying that's the most effective way to do it. It's or just that, what or I that, do. Or that you would never give any coaching. No, or I tell you? people, no, I'll go through, oh, I'll go through, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm not as much as I used to because I'm not as hands-on. But it used to be like, I'd be like, all right, well, let me tell you what's, you know, I understand where you're going with this, but let me tell you why, what I think about it. So the, here's the problem. And what you need to understand is, you know, bop, 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 and, you know, walk them through the whole thing. Right, right. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to, I'm not going to just make, you know, like, move this over. It's like... Here's where, here's where this is going wrong and what you need to correct and go figure it out. Right. Instead and that's of, how you learn. Instead of the art teacher who draws the outline of what she wants and then, all, okay, color that in. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is stupid. Right. And I don't time. And I, I'm like, if, if I have to do that, if I'm doing the work, I'm going to color it I'll in. I'll just and do it, it myself. All the credit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just do it myself. I don't need to. And not pay you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been, this is very enjoyable. You got a good chair for your for your for the guests. Yeah. yeah, mine's a little squeaky. Well, that's part of the local color. That's part of the big league atmosphere. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I think before we turn this off, we should do a few sound effects. Okay, what do you got? I don't know what that is, but it's a sound like that's got to be some kind of fish. You know what a croaker is? Mm-hmm. Do you have croaker? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, we have croakers. We have and they and grunts. We call them grunts. No, they, we call them croakers. <laughs> After when you're they're yeah. caught and yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of fish do that actually. Yeah, but there's a croakers. Yeah, and then there's the red drum, which is called that because we of have the drum sound, here. The sound it makes. Yeah, yeah. It, you, I like drum. You have black drum or uh, red that's drum? A good question. I don't know. We just call them drum. Hmm. They're good. I like them. Not well, everybody likes it. I like it. Well, it took... We marinate It them. took blackening for the... Redfish are red drum. Redfish is a nickname. Yeah. And in, in the south, in Louisiana, and from North Carolina south, the whole coastline is... There are redfish everywhere. Red drum. And it I'm guessing never was black, that then. very good eating. But then people in Louisiana started to blacken it. Yeah, and and then it became. But, but you can black it like dog shit, and I'll eat it. It's like, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, just put a little more blackening on there. It tastes tastes a little like dog shit, but it's good. <laughs> but the blackening, <laughs> top. So Jane does with the the drum though is it's actually the same recipe. Um, basically, it's the same recipe that she does for the poo poos. So it's soy based beer, mm-hmm. garlic, scallions. Even if you don't even do that, it, it, like she'd just make it sometimes real quick, just like, eh, just, you know, right. soy, beer, ginger, garlic. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you just put it in there for, you know, an hour before you're going to throw it on the grill. Right. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the soy, the, 
it's able, soy kind of cooks it. It gets in there, it breaks it down somehow so that yeah. it can soak it up better. Yeah. Oh, I love to eat. Yeah. I like to eat well anyway. All right. Stacy, your sister, she's, you know, never follows a recipe. Just, you know, she's gifted in, with the, she may, she'll make like a aroma lot or something just kind of by knowing how it tastes in her past. Yeah. Or, Jane's like, Jane's like that. Jane doesn't like, Everyone's, she, here's what she does. She follows, she looks at a recipe for inspiration. Yeah. And I've seen Stacey. <laughs> she'll be like, either. well, yeah, but I'm not going to put bacon in it because I won't eat that. I'm not going to put, it doesn't need sugar. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, but so see. It's just basically the idea of what if you put lemon on chicken? Right, right. <laughs> and then, you know what else is really good? Tomatillos or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that with baking. No, baking is a science. Very specific. Very specific. And in fact, that's, but then the art to that is you going like, you and I could both have the same bread recipe, but if you know how to make bread, it's going to come out vastly different from mine. Even if I measured everything perfectly, that's the weird part. Is it, is it timing? Is it, I think it's temperature. I think there's a whole bunch of things that you just go like, oh, you know what? That dough is. You know, the humidity's up. Not you're even thinking this. Yeah. But it's dose. It just needs another uh, handful of, you know, not a handful, another little it's spritz of baking of, powder. Of, yeah. of, of flour or, or you know what? It's just Yeast. a little dry. It needs to be a little like yeah. people that are, that can do that. There's, yeah, a, but, there's but, a kind of a feel touch. Or it's also like knowing you can knead the dough this much and then you really got to get your hands off it. Mm-hmm. And the person who doesn't know needs it just a little longer. Yeah. Well, for me, I I don't do enough. Ba- All I do, um, basically, that I claim to be my own cooking is is baking or grill- grilling. But that doesn't really. Well, you know what? Not everybody does well, that well either. I, I am pretty damn good at it. But <laughs> no, the baking. And so, since I don't do it often enough, I have to do it exactly as it says. Oh yeah, and no, no, no. yeah, and then and, and then even then, I make sure that whenever it says margarine, I use butter, and then it's always better. Yeah, well, butter's always better. Yeah, isn't that a tagline? Probably should be. It ought to be. Let's and, end with that. Oh yeah, butter is always better. One more time. Butter is always better. We'll be right back. 